Welcome to the podcast Big Data Now. Today we have as our guest Peter van Leugenhagen. Peter is an all-around entrepreneur, public speaker and marketer. He's one of the founders of Yonder, an award-winning creative content studio that produces high-end 360 videos and virtual augmented reality experiences. Currently, he spends his time running VRTL. VRTL is an online learning platform uh, to kickstart and expand careers in new realities. So they help students and professionals to broaden their knowledge um, with in-depth courses, insights into real-life case studies, and an encouraging online community. Welcome, Peter, to this episode uh, of Big Data Now. Hello, Peter. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so my first question is, how did you get into uh, virtual reality? So, so is it you in learning, learning virtual reality? Um, so the, uh, we were uh, already started in 2010 with an agency focused on uh, video production uh, and branding. Um, and in 2014, so 2014, uh, we saw on the internet popping up everywhere, actually, that uh, Facebook acquired Oculus is like the mother brand of virtual reality headsets. And it was bought by Facebook for $2 billion. And yeah, since we were already creating content, um, video content for our clients, we would we wanted to, to, to take a look on how 360 video could be like an added value for our customers and if that would be the future of video production. But then, of course, uh, after that, we saw the, the six degrees of freedom, con uh, freedom content. Uh, so the six of experiences in gaming. And then, yeah, that, that, that triggers, triggered us to start a new venture and that ended up being Yonder. Um, so, yeah, that's actually how we started uh, in VR. Mm -hmm. um, so, and what is the scope, according to you, of virtual reality? So, how, how do you think organizations today can leverage uh, virtual reality? Um, actually, there are different ways. Um, I re remember us doing in the beginning, uh, I always, I do a lot of um, keynote presentations. Um, even last night I gave a guest lecture at a college in Belgium and I always talk about the state of our industry um, and the fields of implementation of virtual reality uh, using the Gartner hype cycle. And in the beginning, um, well, when we started in 2014 with the first commercial projects in 2015, um, many of the big advertising agencies who represent the big consumer brands they knocked on our door um, to do something with vr for their brands and yeah we did um, a lot of gimmick content um, gimmick yeah. content actually pu purely marketing content actually for example we did a test drive for mercedes a virtual test drive for honda a virtual test drive for seat and a virtual test drive for volvo um, but all those uh, yeah, campaigns were nice and had a marketing purpose, but didn't brought any value because they always had to go uh, business uh, business to business to consumer because no, there was or there is still no big consumer market. So if you're advertising towards consumers, you always had to go through uh, trade shows. And if companies use VR in their uh, exhibition booth in 2015, they're not going to use it again in 2000 uh, or the year after. So um, we did a lot of gimmick content, but then uh, meanwhile, the technology is improving and it's, um, yeah, it's finally or almost um, yeah, delivering on its promise. Uh, because yeah, since 2014, we saw many uh, what yeah. if 
examples of VR. What if we could sit courtside in an NBA field uh, or, or, or an NBA court and watch uh, a live game with your best friends in a virtual skybox? Those, those projections we already mm -hmm. saw uh in 2014 yeah. but it's still not happening in europe in the us okay but not in europe and now and then yeah, yeah since now that the, um, the technology is getting more and more ready for that uh and we see a huge uptake in learning and development um because um yeah if you think about virtual reality especially vr um then you always have to think about where do i want to be but uh can account i be at this point um because of mm -hmm. Uh, geographical limitations, because of economical lim lim limitations, because of um, safety, uh, because of exclusivity, VR can take you there. And then if you start thinking, you can come up with some interesting use cases very easily. Um, and on the enterprise side, I'm talking about learning and development, hard skills, soft skills and safety, for example. Um, you have the event industry, the the remote collaboration and the future of work, which is quite hot these days because yeah, um, the the um, yeah, COVID nineteen the pandemic uh, show yeah. has shown us that a lot of companies are not ready to work uh, remotely. That a lot of comp uh, companies are not digital uh, ready mm -hmm. um, yeah, to work in these uh, in these times. Uh, and of course, maybe VR is a is a step further uh, for that. But there is uh, yeah a huge opportunity in virtual collaboration and virtual um, uh, offices uh, for the future. And it's happening right now actually because we are doing some projects now where we are implementing uh, remote collaboration tools using virtual reality. And then the virtual event industry, we see a huge uptake on that um, uptake. Uh, I mean. There is a lot of investment in that field at the moment. We still need to first uh, see the first results. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. Wave, uh, Wave VR. It's a U.S. company funded by people um, like Scooter Brown, the mm -hmm. uh, the music manager. Um, they raised 30 million, did concerts with John Le uh, Legend, and they actually um, they motion capture uh, the performer and blend it into a live uh, into a virtual environment. Uh, mm -hmm. So the movements that you see of the actor uh, or or the singer, uh, sorry, um, are the are the real movements that he's making in the in the real world. So it's blending in in the virtual yeah. world, and then you have Sensorium. It's uh, funded with 100 million. Um, Jay Z invested in it uh, with his Tidal company. Um, the people from High and Ushuaia in Ibiza are running in, are running the creative part actually. Um, so a lot is going on in, in that space. You have a stage verse, um, you have Sensor. Those are all platforms for uh, social VR and music or event experiences. And then mm -hmm. other uh, other uh, fields uh, of use that we have um, uh, for VR is, uh, yeah, the gaming industry, of course. Gaming and entertainment um, is also a very important um, uh, important uh, industry where we see uptake, but I think for enterprise uh, learning and development and collaboration is a very um, uh, important one. And then towards consumers, but I believe we're still uh, yeah, some years away from mass adoption of virtual reality. Uh, but then I see a huge opportunity for virtual events um, and um, live action VR combined uh, with avatars. Um, yeah. And the travel industry, of course, as well. But I think they have other problems these days <laughs> than invest in virtual reality. 
So, um, but mm-hmm. still, it could be an opportunity because people still want to see the world, but are not allowed to travel at the moment. So, there is also an opportunity. Yeah, and what do you think are things that are holding people back for massively uh, adopting virtual reality? I think there are several uh, reasons why it's not happening yet. Um, maybe it's yeah, it's a cheap reason, but I think um, there is yeah, the the first uh, one of the big reasons I guess, or one one of the reasons I see um, how VR could uh, or the industry could start exploding is is when Apple launches a product because then all the lovers buy mm. uh, a headset and the haters buy the uh, the competitor. So then you have like competition in the hardware market like you have with Samsung and Apple, and then something mm. will move definitely. And you see that a lot is going on um, in terms of um, Apple. Uh, the rumors are getting louder and louder that they're uh, preparing a launch of a product in 2022. So that's still two mm. years from now. Uh, mm-hmm. But you see, you, yeah, there's you see a lot of acquisitions and patents that they're um, that they're doing these days, um, and the acquisitions in the beginning were more to, more towards hardware, uh, and now you see them also investing in companies like Next VR, for example, who did the live broadcast of Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, uh, Live Nation concerts. Um, mm-hmm. So then, uh, of course, Next VR hold a lot of patents, but still. Um, you, uh, once you start investing in content, in my opinion, then you um, start preparing a possible launch of something. And then, yeah, content brings us to another uh, factor why VR is still not happening to the, to the, to the or, or is still not a mass mm-hmm. uh, consumer product because there is not enough content. If you put on your television today, you have uh, like 200 or 300 different um change that you can choose uh, from and then you have all the ott channels like netflix um and amazon prime and, and hbo and stuff like that so there is mm-hmm. so much content to see uh on your phone or on your television uh, and that's not the case in vr these days uh, a lot of people are still experimenting um but yeah there's just not enough enough content for people to to or there's still no reason why a consumer has to buy a headset, in my opinion, these days. But for uh, enterprises, that's something different. I, I see. Yeah, the reasons are um, are obvious um, because it saves mm-hmm. time, uh, reduces the carbon footprint, uh, it's more efficient and effective in learning and development and collaboration stuff like that. So uh, for that, uh, for that, I see a reason. And then maybe the third reason for why VR is not happening. Uh, uh, or why mainstream adoption is not happening yet is probably 5G implementation. Uh, that's also a very important one to make the headset less clumsy and less big, less uh, heavy. And then for the speed of download and, and just yeah, uh, the latency and stuff like that, that could happen. Uh, that could make a huge difference. So if you put all those pieces of the puzzle together, then you see that we are still three, four, five years away from the mass adoption towards consumers. I believe. Yeah. And how is content writing different for, for television uh, compared to to writing for VR? Writing. Why is why is there a gap? Yeah, why is there why is there no content available? Why is there no um, content being developed? Because people mostly go where money goes and there is not not a lot of money to make in VR because there is no no market yet. So it's a chicken mm-hmm. egg problem in my in my opinion. I, it's it's always like that. There always needs to be a trigger why people jump on the on the train, and there and this is 
this is clearly a chicken egg pro uh, problem. Um, yeah, people are creating content now. Um, if you yeah, in 4K and 8K, that's something that's definitely at the resolution or the pixel rate in VR is less than you than what you see on television or what you see on your phone or your tablet. So, mm -hmm. and then um, yeah, there's still there's not enough money to make these days in VR. So some film studios they experiment with it, or they they do experiments very often, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're not paying. Uh, or they're not focusing on the VR market yet because yeah, there's simply not a market yet and there are not enough devices in the market. But things are improving if you see what, what Facebook is doing with Oculus Quest 2 now. It's a big improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, all the specs um, uh, yeah, are twice as good as the, as the first version of the, of the headset. It's, it's $100 cheaper. So mm -hmm. we're getting somewhere and yeah, it's, so, it's only been six years, I guess. Yeah, six years since Facebook acquired Oculus. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and back then in 2014, Zuckerberg said that uh, we're still 10 to 15 years away from mass adoption. So yeah, we're, we're, this is only the sixth year. So yeah. a, lot, a, lot can, a lot still has to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and do you also um, work with the, the like, treatment of, of, of personality disorders or, or psychological disorders? Do you see a future in this field? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. Healthcare is a yeah. very important one. Um, mm -hmm. Recently, we had a startup in Belgium, Uncomfort, Uncomfort, and they um, they raised ten million, um, and they're they are in pain treatment. So um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so there is a huge opportunity for VR and healthcare as well. We did with Yonder, we did some projects for pharmaceutical companies. The um, mm -hmm. how yeah the exp explanation videos of of medicines, uh, but that's also more for marketing purposes than than actually a treatment. But yeah, for pain treatment and um, and psychology, um, yeah, and psychology and maybe learning soft skills as well. There's probably there's also yeah. a little bit psychology, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's also a huge opportunity for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. Um, so, how would you define virtual reality? How does how is it different from augmented reality? Um, yeah, with VR, you teleport yourself to another dimension. So you put on a headset, and you are in another world. You can be wherever you want to be. Um, and the difference with augmented reality is that augmented reality enhances your reality. So where you are right now, uh, it put digital layers on your reality. So that's actually uh, something different but maybe in the end and that's also what what people are saying about the apple um headset and what is actually mm -hmm. also getting more and more possible with the oculus quest 2 and the one as well is that if you have you have that pass through vision with your virtual reality headset so you can also um see things uh, or work with your headset in the real world actually so see the real world and if your virtual desktop um, projected mm -hmm. on the real world using your Oculus Quest. That's the pass-through vision. Um, but in, but that's actually, yeah, it's different because with AR, you're putting digital layers on top of the reality. And with virtual reality, you're teleporting yourself to another dimension or another world. I often use the example of Jurassic Park. Um, think about Jurassic Park, put on your VR headset and you are in Jurassic Park. If you look on, you look above you, you see uh, dinosaurs flying above you. You see a blue sky, you see a uh, forest. Uh, you see uh, dinosaurs all around you. You see the green grass. 
Um, but if you put on uh, an AR headset uh, and think about Jurassic Park, then you see the dinosaurs flying in your room and you see a dinosaur standing next to you in your room, but you are not in Jurassic Park. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's how you can easily explain it to somebody. Yeah. Um, so what are, what could you like explain, share three of your favorite virtual reality case studies? So what, and what did you like most about them? Applicational wise, like from all your reading and experience, like what are three favorites virtual reality case studies and why did you like them? Uh, but that's very personal to me because um, I'm 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 not uh, I've never been a gamer. Uh, the only games that I played was FIFA or a Football Manager. So I'm not an, an, uh, uh, a hardcore gamer. So I n I've never been. So I'm more into the live action uh, VR. So for example, mm. I if I could uh, see uh, real life concerts in high quality um, or. NBA basketball or Champions League football uh, together with my friends as an avatar in a virtual skybox and that would work seamlessly uh, mm -hmm. and the resolution of the of the image uh, of the imagery would very it would be very high that would be mm -hmm. that would be a very interesting use case for me and it's already happening um, Oculus uh, announced that with uh, with uh, with uh, the launch of the Oculus Go in 2017 I guess it was um, but it's it's still not available in uh, in Europe. It's only available in the US uh, if you have an NBA league pass, uh, for example. Uh, yeah. Muse, the the rock band, is launching in, uh, a VR application or a VR experience uh, this fall. So I think it's it will be November because I haven't seen anything uh, from it recently. But I, I read about it this summer. Uh, they have a, a collaboration with Stageverse. Uh, which is mm -hmm. also one of the the social event or social VR event platforms, and they captured uh, one of their stadium shows in Madrid, and they uh, in 360 VR. So and then they will blend it uh, in uh, a virtual world, actually, so in a digital world. So people with a headset stand in the crowd uh, next to all avatars who are represented by other uh, people in the real world, uh, mm -hmm. but you hear the noise of the stadium. And you see the, the band playing in real life. Um, so I think that's also a very interesting use case for VR because then uh, if that works perfect, then you uh, then events all over the world are accessible for everybody in the world. And of course, the real experience will always be the best one. Um, I always give that example. Um, for example, I have in my right hand, I have two tickets to go with your best friend or your partner to New York and you can leave tomorrow. Or in my right hand, I have um, a virtual uh, guided tour of New York City, uh, interactive, uh, uh, as an avatar, for example, uh, together with your friends. Uh, which one do you choose? Of course, everybody will choose for the real experience. But today, um, it's, not, it's not possible. And probably tomorrow you can't go because you have to work. But today, definitely, it's not possible because we're not allowed to travel to the mm. U.S. So then that's the second best chance that you have uh, to visit the city or to visit New York. Uh, if if, yeah. if my favorite uh, rock star or pop star or whatever is playing in Madison Square Garden tonight, yeah, I can't be there because I have to work tomorrow and I'm, I'm not, yeah, it's, it's not possible for me to travel to New York, but if I can be there and be part of the crowd or, or even be on stage and have the perspective of her or him who is singing, that would be an amazing experience if it all works seamlessly, of course. And that's not the case today. The quality of the imagery is not good enough, in my opinion, yet. 
Um, the experience is just not good enough yet, but it will happen in a couple in a couple of years, definitely. And then those yeah. are very interesting use cases, in my opinion. And also yeah. um, in the travel industry, what I said, mm-hmm. if you could uh, visit virtually New York, for example, or any other city, um, you have a travel guide uh, as an avatar and you can go together with your friends. Um, mm-hmm. So you can have some interaction together because the the difference between doing an interactive live action trip like that or having um, a 360 video on your own is completely something different because VR needs to be social. Um, so you need to experience it with other people because um, otherwise it's just, it just a very lonely experience um, and that's not making anybody happy. And then of course on the enterprise side, um, yeah, I believe a lot in training because a lot of money is wasted on training, on, on corporate trainings these days. Uh, people are flying around the world for, mm-hmm. for a day. The same goes for meetings and collaboration. I, rem- mm-hmm. I remember myself, I, I, I went to, uh, to Switzerland a couple of times uh, just for a day the, uh, or Berlin up in the morning and back in the, um, in the evening just for a meeting. And now, you're, and now we're doing everything from, uh, um, yeah, remotely from home. But uh, everybody is, is, is sick of, of doing Zoom calls and Skype calls and team calls because there is no sense of presence and there's no real interaction. And if you, uh, once you have tried uh, meetings in VR, uh, for example, yeah. the platform Meet in VR or the platform Glue or even on the free yeah. platforms like, like Altspace, um, you see mm-hmm. the, the way how you can collaborate and interact with people and grab people's attention and grab people's attention, that's, that's, uh, yeah. that's also a very big opportunity. And lately we did some, or we are doing some events uh, in virtual reality um, where we give keynotes or organize panel uh, discussions. And for people, that's often their first VR or their first social VR experience. And afterwards, we always do a Q&A or a, a small networking session. And people always come to us like, finally, I see the opportunity of VR because now I see um, or now I feel how powerful this medium can be. Um, mm. And that's and that's a big opportunity as well. So the use cases that I'm a big fan of, of or what I believe in are slightly happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but towards consumers, it's still, yeah, it's still a way to go, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what, what would be your advice for people that are just starting out who are looking at building a career in virtual reality? Um, building a career in virtual reality is like um, a val- is very uh, broad topic because you can have a career as a business developer or you can have a, br- a career as a Unity developer or a real developer or as a creative director in VR. So um, depends on what you're doing. Uh, but be patient. If you're in it now for the quick money, I would advise to go somewhere else because that's too early to uh, to make a lot of money in VR yet. But in the end, um, yeah, if you want to do something in VR, first of all, you have to believe in it uh, and you have to like it. But I think that's for every job or for every industry uh, where you want to work because you have to do that for 45 years of your life or 40 years of your life. So you better make sure that you like it. Um, and then be patient and you have to you have to be uh, ready to um, evolve constantly because it's but that's also i guess for a lot of industries because because yeah. technology is changing very yeah. fast so you need to catch up every every uh, every month with new with, with new things 
um, like in our in our agency uh, with Yonder, we hardly do the same um, projects over and over again. It's always something different because people always want to do something new. So there is no routine. And that's interesting for people um, yeah. um, who want to be uh, for people that want to be creative uh, or on the creation side for people mm-hmm. who are lead, uh, leading or yeah, leading the business, the business. It's a bit more difficult because it's yeah, it's not scalable at the moment, uh, unless you're of course in a product business. But from an agency side, it's, it's difficult to scale at the moment, and right? because everybody always wants wants to do something new. Um, but yeah, um, if you are in it yeah. for the quick money, um, I I, w- I would suggest to uh, to find the money somewhere else at the moment because, um, or yeah, uh, until now, uh, maybe. Um, yeah, a lot of things will change now because I see a lot of value or business value as well in the Oculus Quest yeah. 2 and HP is launching a new headset, uh, which is also very interesting because they already have a lot of license, uh, licensed clients for hardware, uh, and you know, mm. uh, especially hardware uh, with big corporations. So in terms of uh, remote collaboration or trainings, it's probably possible for them to, um, to push their hardware through the same channels. So that's also possible. Um, so yeah, I think a lot, a, a lot is happening. It's still very exciting to work in this space. Um, yeah, but you need to be patient. Yeah, and so more specifically on the story storytelling um, course you are organizing. So this for people who who do content writing. So how would you advise them to get started, or what? How how is the course set up? And does it also change or? What are the, the modules in the course? Right yeah, that, that's that's a field that is constantly evolving because um, if you want to write uh, a feature film uh, for yeah for television, for example, or for movie theaters, there are many books that are written about so- storytelling techniques and what what the do's and don'ts are um, of storytelling for for movie production or TV production. But for VR, that's that's still something that people are uh, that's that's something that's, that people are still figuring out. You see the the evolution of storytelling techniques from 2014 when we started until now. That's a that's a big difference. Um, mm. So the reason why we organize those courses with our virtual academy, uh, VRTL uh, Academy, is that we don't want people to make the same mistakes uh, as we did in the past. Um, and get them to ski, uh, get them up to speed much quicker, um, because the industry needs quality content creators. And the more qu- quality content creators we have, the more quality content that we can get in the media libraries of the headsets. So that's yeah, um, yeah that's also one of the reasons why why we are doing it, and we want to try to make uh, education uh, about VR. So help people how to create VR. We want to make that accessible to uh, to uh, to everybody in the world because there are. Uh, even in Belgium or, in, or, or even in the US, uh, schools are still uh, thinking about starting with programs. And you see some programs in some schools. Um, mm-hmm. But we want, we want to try to bring accomplished professionals, heroes from our industry uh, together in online courses and bring them to people from all over the world um, yeah. to give them and share their experiences uh, and ideas. Uh, with students from all over the world, and that's not possible with physical classes, of course. So that's yeah, no. we want to we want to make it accessible, and help people uh, not make the same mistakes like we did. So no, we no. want so to have course... much more better content in, yeah, in the yeah. media libraries. 
So how does the course set up? How long does it last? And, and um, what, what courses are given? Or where is the emphasis put on? Yeah, so we have, diff we have different courses on the platform. But this um, the course that you are talking about is the VR, VR filmmaking for marketeers, creatives, and storytellers. Um, and it's a one-month program. People sign up for the course and they get access to the 360 filmmaking online course, which they have to um, uh, browse or yeah, explore remotely on their own pace or at their own pace. Um, and then at the, at the 3rd of November, um, the first online class starts and people uh, also get uh, drips, new chapters of the user-centric storytelling course on their course accounts, on their virtual uh, academy accounts. Uh, so they have to prepare two chapters for the, for the class in the, in the evening. And then uh, 10 students will meet each other in a classroom with the instructor, which is Marta uh, from Garage Stories. She's based in uh, Barcelona and Silicon Valley. Um, and she's leading the course. And then we also, uh, then we have a meet and greet with all the students. People um, tell why they are interested in, this, in the course. And actually it's, it's the goal that people graduate at the end of the month with their first creative story, a business pitch and a distribution strategy. And throughout the whole month, we organize uh, six, uh, no, four online classes uh, with the instructor. We have six master classes by people like Rafael Pavon from Atlas V, John and Future Lighthouse. Uh, we have Jimmy Cheng from um, Iconic Engine and Digital Domain who's talking about distribution strategies. Um, we have uh, Rashid, uh, who was executive producer at Google Spotlight Stories. So we have quite some, uh, some big names um, who are uh, giving master classes um, mm -hmm. in this online course. Um, and then, yeah, we have a collaboration with Veer VR, the Chinese, um, yeah, you can see them like the Chinese Netflix for VR content. So they are quite big. They're not only focused on the Chinese market, but they are from China. Um, and they have like a streaming platform for virtual reality content. Uh, and we have a collaboration with them. And the winner of the pitching competition, because at the end of the month, students need to pitch their project uh, for a jury. And Veer, uh, Jane, um, head of content acquisition at uh, Veer, is head of the jury, and they will award a prize, and that's uh, a letter of intent for a distribution deal for the yeah. first VR experience. And maybe if it's very interesting, um, Veer is also open for co-production. So, so that's actually um, the formula of the course, and we did it during summer the first time. That was like an experiment, and we mm -hmm. sold it out very quickly. And we had people mm -hmm. from Canada, from Rwanda, from Ecuador, from Japan, from Belgium, from USA, from Spain. So people from all over the world. Uh, so yeah. it made it a very diverse classroom, which was very mm -hmm. interesting. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the guys from Japan, they won with their project clap. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so they won a distribution deal with Veer. So now we're doing it again, and probably uh, if this version is or this edition of the course is successful again, we probably will do it every month. Uh, this class. Okay. Well, so um, how do you stay updated on the latest trends in virtual reality? Like, what kind of resources, blogs, websites, apps do you visit regularly? Um, I think the newsletter Inside VR AR is a very good one. Um, mm -hmm. You can have the the paid version, but also a free version. Uh, that's a very good one. Then, you, of course, you have the big platforms like Roto VR, uh, Upload VR, uh, VR Focus. Those are interesting. I have Google Alerts on Google on, on virtual reality and augmented reality, and then 
websites like The Verge or TechCrunch are also uh, yeah, publishing or writing a lot about emerging technologies and VR and AR are, are obviously one of them. So um, mm. yeah, those are actually the platforms that I'm looking at. And for storytelling specifically, to develop storytelling skills in VR? Um, you have XR Must. That's a French platform, actually, but they're writing in English. And that's that's a, that's an interesting one because they are um, uh, reviewing all the the titles that are that are getting released in uh, in virtual reality. And they're also they're they are also partnering with the film festivals uh, to write uh, reviews about all the productions. Um, so if you're looking more towards the film festival content uh, of XR uh, experiences, then XR Mist is probably uh, a good one to uh, to have a look at. Yeah. And then my final question, how do you see virtual reality evolving in the future? So what are the top three trends do you do you foresee for 2021 or the next three, four to five years? Mm, in terms of hardware or software or content or? Um, whatever you prefer. Um, trends. Um, I'm really looking forward to a device, an AR VR device that Apple will launch um, mm -hmm. because they were never the first movers, but uh, they always came to the market with a, an improved product. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to that because that will challenge Facebook uh, a lot. And for mm -hmm. consumer devices, probably Apple and Facebook will will battle for the uh, for the most uh, for the most users, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of enterprise i i really uh, uh i'm really looking forward how things will uh of uh, if people uh, if things will go back to normal after uh the pandemic and if mm -hmm. people start travel again or people start choosing for and in terms of uh work relations then uh more often uh or, or often will choose for a, a virtual meeting or a remote meeting and if there yeah. will be um yeah, if if the the meet uh, or the meeting platforms or the collaboration platforms um yeah will gain more traction uh, over zoom or teams for example for uh, collaboration and for meetings i'm really mm. looking forward to that and then um yeah since all the money that has put into the market of social and uh, vr event platforms like wave like uh, melody like uh, stageverse like sensor uh, and uh, Sensorium, uh, they're all, uh, Sensorium is going to launch David Guetta, Carl Cox concerts uh, at the end of this year and the beginning of next year. So I'm really looking forward to what they are going to do because um, yeah, a lot of money has gone into that um, venture as well. So I'm curious about that. And then, of course, yeah, the product evolutions of um, all the big, um, the big brands, HTC, uh, Sony, HP, Oculus, uh, Facebook then, uh, and oh. Apple. Yeah, mm -hmm. exciting times, definitely. But yeah, you have yeah. to be patient. <laughs> mm -hmm. You have to be patient. That's important. But, yeah, but it seems like this crisis is fulfilling a, um, a gap and really making this, this evolution go faster, I, I feel. Thank you for joining today's episode on virtual reality. We hope you enjoyed listening and we are looking forward to greeting you on our next episode.